Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld, and thank you for tuning in. We're going to continue our discussion on the family Bible revolution and end time message for his generational blessing. Well, we've been studying what should we be teaching those in our home. We talked about prayer, worship, the word, and we talked about the spirit, the gifts, and the prophetic. We ended up in talking about the spirit. Remember John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And in Luke twenty four forty nine, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And as we were mentioning in our last netcast, this second empowerment fills us with the full power of the Holy Spirit for our service to the Lord. Without it, we're severely limited to our work on earth in the Spirit. Remember, the Lord said, Go nowhere, don't do anything, until you be filled with power from on high. Yes, how are we going to be the masters of our home? How are we going to lead our families? By the power of the Spirit. How would this affect our family worship, our being the master of the house, our discipleship and evangelism in the home, our loving our wives as Christ loves the church, our raising our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Well, I trust you see my point. If it's not our might or power, but only by His Spirit, then we need to be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want all the power that is available to me, especially if I'm to be the master of the house. Well, this subject is an entire book in itself. When we include signs and wonders, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the ministry of the prophetic, and the power of prayer in the Spirit. Well, we're not going to be able to cover all that in this netcast. However, I've written a full book on the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, titled, Is It Okay to Pray in Tongues in Church? This book is available online at all book sources, both in hard copy and digital copy. It's a simple book. It will help you learn the whys, the hows, and the what fors. God is not crazy, and everything he does is practical and useful. Therefore, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very practical and useful, too. My recommendation, don't go anywhere or do anything until you are filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So get the book or find a Spirit-filled believer or a pastor who can help you study this subject and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Other than being saved, it's the best experience and most useful empowerment I've ever received. Now, I want to change the subject to the importance of the gospel in our families. Teaching our households the gospel is very, very important. If you'll remember, Romans 1, 16 through 17 says, 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You see, the gospel is the central message of the entire Bible, both Old and New Testaments. We need to understand it in order to lead our families. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Charles Hayden Spurgeon, in A Theology of Family, says, We deeply want a revival of domestic religion. The Christian family is the bulwark of godliness in the days of the Puritans. But in these evil times, hundreds of families of so-called Christians have no family worship, no restraint upon growing sons, and no wholesome instruction or discipline. He asks, how can we hope to see the kingdom of our Lord advance when his own disciples do not teach his gospel to their own children? We live in a broken world. I've recently become an official chaplain for the sheriff's department in the county I live. My county is considered a beautiful, peaceful place with very low crime, very low murder rate, very good public schools, a good economy compared to many places, nice roads, all the shopping amenities, great parks and recreation, a strong community of faith, and a low poverty and jobless rate. I love living here. It's quiet, it's beautiful, and it's nice. But what people don't see is the cancer below the facade. I'm not referring to physical disease you can feel or see, rather the devastation of sin that lurks in the lives and homes of marriages, workplaces, and the list goes on. There's a world of great depression, great problems, great division, and great brokenness that many first responders, police, doctors, pastors, nurses, rescue personnel, counselors, and the like see what is not in the open square. What I see is sin is devastating. I believe the one sin that is most important is the rejection of Christ. That goes without saying. However, I also see the devastation of sin from the simple actions of lying, hatred, sexual immorality, stealing, selfishness, pride, and so on. Being a Christian does not make one immune from its effects. Many people want to get rid of the Ten Commandments, but I believe they are simply the amplified version of the two commandments Christ taught, to love God and love your neighbor. Oh yes, as Christians, I believe we're no longer subject to the curse of the law, but that does not mean a little lying, cheating, dishonesty, adultery, or theft will not harm us. I see sin as a cancer. It is always destructive. This is where the gospel of Christ comes in. It is not only to be saved so we can go to heaven, but it also carries with it the power to walk free from sin so we can live happy and successful lives here on the earth. How does that work? Well, we'll look into this. There is more to the gospel of Christ than simple salvation and forgiveness from sin. The gospel of Christ is the universal rescue protocol for all in any given situation. You see, Jesus came to set us free. John eight thirty two through 36 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. There is more to just forgiveness in the gospel of Christ. There is also the power to walk free from sin in our everyday lives. One way to describe it is to be 
free from its bondage. Another way is to be free from its control. I like that. How about you? I've heard many preachers say, you don't have to sin anymore. Hmm, I don't have to sin? What does that mean? It means you don't have to. The power of sin has been broken, and you're now free to make the choice. Think of it this way. The prison door is open, unlocked. There are no guards. There's no sin police. All your sins have been forgiven, and sin no longer has its power or control over you. Do you stay in the cell, or do you walk out? But I feel tempted, somebody says. I feel controlled. I'm not sure I can resist. I don't see how. This is why we need to learn the truth, because it's the truth that will set us free. So it is with this purpose we'll take some time to look into the gospel of Christ, for to be free is to be free indeed. And we need to know the facts so we can be leading our families how to be free. Oliver Haywood, who lived from 1630 to 1702, in the book A Theology of Family, says, Would you rather see the agonies of your children and hear them crying amidst infernal torments than speak a word to them for their instruction? Hear them cry under your correction or supplicate God for their salvation? Oh, cruel tigers and barbarous monsters, you may imagine yourselves to be Christians, but I cannot judge that man worthy to be a fit communicant of the Lord's table that maintains not the worship of God ordinarily in his family. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom, and then the end will come. Wow. Do you think technology is a part of this prophecy? The gospel being preached in all the world? Just yesterday, I was holding a lecture in my living room in Ashland, Virginia, and through Skype with a video camera on my computer, I had a group in Liberia, Africa, listening and watching live. It's amazing. The gospel of the kingdom in all the world, I believe we're getting closer exponentially every day. And we need to be sure that the gospel of the kingdom is in our homes. The word gospel means the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, the Christian revelation, the story of Christ's life and teachings, especially as contained in the four books of the New Testament, namely Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it means the good news of salvation in Christ. It means to tell the good news, the content of good news in the New Testament as a reference to the gospel about Jesus. The gospel, it's the Greek word evangelion, from where we get evangelist, evangelism, evangelical, etc. It means the glad tidings of the kingdom of God soon to be set up. I call it the birth, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Talking about the birth, Jesus was born to Mary, a virgin. An angel appeared to her and gave her a word from God in Luke 1, verse 30 through 33. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Ever since Adam, sin has passed upon all men. Many can argue about how or why, but the fact is we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, in one way or another, I've committed all Ten Commandments, and if you're willing to admit it too, you're just as guilty in one way or another. My life was heading at rocket speed in the wrong direction. I knew it, and I was miserable. 
I tried everything I could think of to change my life, but it was impossible for me to do. You see, Romans 3:23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, that was me, until I heard some good news. Jesus was not only born of a virgin, but he healed the sick, the blind, and the lame. He fed the hungry and loved the castaways. He confounded the wise, and he had the heart of a servant. He turned water into wine and raised the dead. He was God in the flesh. Luke 19 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now that was me, but he found me. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. I was bound up in sin. I was not happy with myself. I felt as though I was dying and could not do anything about it, but I heard some good news. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, that's all the time we have today, so I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in next time as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for His generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.